The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Have you noticed that no matter how hard you try to release attachments, heal traumas, and change your life, you still feel as if you don't belong? There is a reason and a solution for this. Join award-winning actor, comedian, and best-selling author Kyle Cease and learn how to immerse yourself in a new way of being at From Lonely to Free, a weekend workshop May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn more at eomega.org thrive. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to A Guided Life Podcast, where we talk about all things spirit and life. I'm your host, Laura West. Through a mix of solo and interview episodes, I want to showcase all the different ways the spirit world helps guide our daily lives, whether it's through intuition, signs, mediumship, channeling, the mystical, or the paranormal. Our altruistic spirit guides and other members of our loving soul team are always there, ready, able, and willing to guide us. Welcome to another episode of A Guided Life Podcast. I am your host, Laura West, and I have with me today, Satara Faye. Satara has a 14-year background in psychic development, almost eight years of quantum business coaching alongside a degree in psychology and a passion for speaking on stage. Her dharma of being a business doula really has become front and center post-pandemic after seeing how many ascended beings are waking up with a desire to turn their abilities into their path of service. I have seen that too. Hello, Satara. Thank you so much for being here today. Hello, hello. Thank you for having me. It's such a pleasure. Thank you. Yes. So let's just go ahead and dive right in. The first question that I want to ask you is, how has spirit guided your life? Oh, man. Well, that's a huge topic. (laughs) (laughs) There's so many ways I can answer that, but there's one specific memory that is coming up. So I'll just dive into that. I never even thought of the concept of being able to hold the frequency of destiny. We think of destiny as all sorts of out there, like an intangible concept. At one point in my life, I was pulled into the global crypto scene in Dubai. And it was not something I was seeking out. It was not something I was manifesting or there was no vision board about this at all. Yet I knew in my gut when I got the invitation, every single cell in my body was like, yes, this is the thing. So I knew it and I went there. And when I was there, I felt that I was really, truly experiencing fate and destiny in a way that I had never been able to grasp before. And so there are so many ways that I could say how spirit influenced my life. I'm completely intuitively guided. I don't make a decision if my intuition is not on board at this point. So I would say the experience of truly feeling that I was holding the energy of destiny in my hands was one of the most pivotal moments as far as understanding that there truly is a divine design and there truly is soul alignment and soul attunement when we're able to reconcile our human 
experiences of pain and the trauma wheel and all of that. It's like once we step out of that, there's so many other possibilities that open up. I love that you brought up destiny. That word has actually never been brought up on this podcast before, but I think it's a beautiful word, to be honest. Can you share what your definition of destiny is? I am so glad you are asking these questions. Absolutely. I actually wrote a paper on this in college around the difference between free will, fate, and destiny. In college, I was getting my degree in psychology. I was very fascinated with transpersonal psychology, which is woo. They still weren't taking it seriously. And I'm like, that makes no sense to me, which is why I chose the psychic path rather than the path of psychology. Destiny itself, I really believe that overall, in our overall life, there is a path of destiny. And the path of destiny I see as our soul calling. It is like the main structure within our soul encoding that is what we are most naturally talented at. It's what brings us the most joy, which is what I would say is your divine purpose. It is what brings you the most fulfillment. In the Japanese word ikigai, I have my clients do Ikigai exercises all the time, like right when they first get in. I'm like, let's get super clear on what you're here to do, what your purpose is, what brings you the most joy, and what you can get paid for. And that destiny piece, I think, is fully in alignment with your Ikigai. To me, those are one and the same as far as on that same path. For me, when it comes to fate and free will, because fate and free will absolutely are pieces to the puzzle when it comes to destiny. In this world and on this particular planet, we are blessed and we are gifted with free will, which means we get to choose if we want to be sovereign to ourselves and we get to choose if we want to be enslaved in the system. And I'm just going to touch on that a little bit, but ultimately we have the free will capabilities to choose so directly for ourselves, which I believe is a blessing and is a gift on this earth school, the ascension of the earth school that is here. So we can choose our destiny or we can choose to step away from it. We can choose to have a blind eye. But the interesting thing about this is that there are a lot of different things pulling our attention in this day and age that can very easily manipulate us out of our soul calling and out of our divine purpose and out of what we're here to do. And that's where I see fate steps in. Fate steps in almost, I see it as like bumpers on the bowling alley to make a little playful analogy. Yeah, I love that. The ball is rolling down, but fate is like, whoop, nope, come a little bit more this direction. Come a little (laughs) bit more this direction. And you know when those fate points are stepping in. Fate is one of those things that I see is so powerful that it's undeniable. And within that, if we look at it as how many different possibilities and how many different timelines and how many different quantum realities are existing, we can really get lost in all of that. And ultimately, that's where each choice point of our own free will, to me, timelines and choices, they're synonymous. It's like you make this choice, you choose this timeline. It doesn't have to be so like, ah, timelines, what is it? They're choices is what they are. And so we have these choice points, we activate our free will. If we get too far off course, fate steps in, kind of pulls us into that space. And even then, do we have the free will choice to override fate and choose to not see it and choose to be blind to it? 
Unfortunately, we still do. But that's why I believe I'm here is to help people recognize their destiny, recognize their soul calling. I like to see it as mastering the number eight. So it's mastering finances. We're done with the broke healer archetype. We are creating legacies. We are creating healing centers. We're creating new earth cities. And all of that requires resources, which is all here in abundance. And again, truly steps in when we are in that soul calling destiny line. Ooh, well, let's jump into what it means to grow a soul centered business. Since you brought up the broke archetype of somebody who does this kind of work. <laughs> the broke healer archetype. Yeah, the broke healer archetype. Yeah. So what does it mean to grow a soul centered business? I mean, this is truly what I am most passionate about is that in the path of spirituality, I was born a medium. I had my first mediumship experiences in the single digits. I had my first real conscious past life memory come up when I was 12. I started going to house parties in high school and seeing dead relatives in the other room. And I'm like, we got to go. It's been a very interesting thing. So obviously that's a part of my natural talents and abilities, but I'm speaking to this because I want to bring up the whole broke healer archetype is that historically in community, the healer or the shaman delivered their service while being supported by the community when it was a bit of a different role. Well, in our modern day era, that is just not baked into the bedrock of what healers are. And so because healers are wounded, that's how we learn to be healers. I've never met a healer that hasn't learned how to heal themselves first. We are usually wounded. We usually have a very tumultuous childhood. We usually have a very challenging before 20 years old. And so that wounded healer archetype is alive and well. But then we step into, okay, if you are a healer and let's say you are waiting tables to pay your rent, well, you're not actually serving humanity and the potential of your soul calling. So what happens is that person will then start to seek healing energy starts moving in their world. And then eventually your purpose, your destiny starts getting too big for waiting tables. And that waiting tables job gets to be too confining. Well, then what do you lean on? You have to learn how to do sales. You have to learn how to market yourself. You have to learn how to price yourself. You have to learn how to do all of these things in the modern world. You have to figure out how to make reels and find trending audios. Like it's a little bit of a cosmic joke. Pull my hair out. Yeah, exactly. It's a little bit of a cosmic joke. But at the same time, we play the game with the powerful opportunities that we have. So the reason that I'm so passionate about it is that when you birth something, and I'm sure you've found this with your podcast and what you're sharing in this way, it's like when you birth something that is from the internal place of your heart, you're like, I've got a calling. I've got to do this. Like, there's just no other option. You're like, I got to figure out a way. And then you put it out into the public. And then you start getting reviews or you start getting support or you start getting haters it will bring up every single internal insecurity. It will bring up every internal childhood wound. The time that nobody came to your birthday party, the one time your mom screamed, what is wrong with you? It will bring up all of the things. And so I have not yet found a path that evokes more growth in an individual than delivering something to the world that is birthed of your heart's creative desire. 
And so that's where I get so passionate about it. And I kind of playfully call myself a business doula, but that's really it. It's like, I see people's genetic encoding. What is your purpose? What is your path? Is it dance? Is it creativity? Are we going to do a book club? Do you want to speak on stages or do you want to teach people to find their inner world through art and creativity? There's so many different avenues. So what I found is that musicians, creatives, massage therapists, dance instructors, the creative people in our worlds, they're not very business savvy. And so that's where that comes in. I somehow was embedded with this. My life purpose in Gene Keys is super abundance, which doesn't necessarily mean super abundance for me. It does, but it's also that I'm here to teach abundance to others. And on both sides of my family, Both parents are entrepreneurs and everyone on those sides are entrepreneurs. I was just baked with the encoding of being a psychic and also having this environment around me where everyone was their own boss. We look at the environment, right, that we're raised in as well as how it shapes us. And so that's where I feel that I've stepped into my soul calling to do what I'm here to do. So exciting. I love talking about it. (laughs) So can I ask, because I'm sure a lot of the listeners are in a soul-led business or soul-centered business of some sort, maybe in different degrees. Maybe they're just starting or maybe they're full-fledged and it's their full-time work. So for any of them, I suppose, because I'm sure there's still that, oh gosh, should I be charging? Should I be charging this much? What's the energy exchange supposed to be? What are some tips or advice you would give to somebody in this work? Also one of my favorite questions because it's a mystery until it's not. And here's the thing. I have a price that I put on my programs. And if you ask me, I think it's too low. I think it's too low for the value of what's in the program. But I've also been having an extraordinary amount of conversations with people post-pandemic. And I think recession pricing is very much a thing, but I don't want to say that and encourage people to lower their prices by any means. In fact, a majority of healers should be charging more. And this is why. I chose the psychic path because one session with a novice psychic... I could see was worth probably about five years of talk therapy, being that I was trained as a clinical psychologist and then started learning to develop my abilities because they were making me a little bit crazy and I needed to figure it out. So once I started doing that, I was like, wow, when we get into the quantum field, healing happens instantaneously and miraculously. So let's say someone has, I don't know why this is coming up, probably because it's relevant to somebody that's listening, but let's say somebody has an eating disorder and they have an eating disorder that plagued them from an experience, let's say in high school, where they were either bullied or made fun of or something along those lines. Well, in talk therapy, you can run the mill around that. But In the quantum field, which, by the way, as the business coach, I really do everything I can to increase my students' skill level as far as being an intuitive reader. We are doing psychic development and business development simultaneously. But when we're looking at that, it's like within the quantum field, if we can look as to why the soul, not just the personality, why did the soul create this circumstance as a path of learning and ascension and growth? Well, when we get into the root cause of what it is, you can literally change someone's personality in a matter of an hour because they then mitigate that particular pattern because they see what that root cause is. And then they're changed for the rest of their life. So how do you put a dollar amount on that? 
It's not, well, I'm charging you for 60 minutes of my time, or I'm charging you for the, in my 14 years worth of experience, mastering the art, spending well over 10,000 hours in the quantum field. Well, what am I supposed to do? Show up and be like, well, it's $10,000, a dollar for every minute or every hour, you know, whatever it is. It becomes a little bit of an arbitrary, laughable matter when it comes to what do I price and how do I not price? And the thing about the wounded healer and the broke healer archetype, and I'm saying that as an archetype because it's quite literally just a stepping stone on the path of getting to where you're actually building your legacy. It's something that we all have to overcome because it is baked into the genetics of healers, of psychics, of witch trials, of gypsies, of soothsayers, of magical people across eons of time. It's that we're also being the cycle breakers in this millennium and saying the buck stops here. We want to be well paid for what we're doing. And we not only want to be well paid, but I also believe that our world is going to be a much, much, much better place when the people who are holding the genuine encodings of compassion, of unconditional love, of grace, of the desire to see humanity healing and thriving, it's going to be a much better and much more beautiful place. And so all those limitations, these are conversations I'm having on a daily basis on Instagram right now. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> breaking down these codes of, I can't invest in myself. I don't want to pay this. I have imposter syndrome. I have all of these things. Like It can get really murky and messy. And so that's why we address it in the quantum field. You get out of the mind because the mind is going to play the gymnastics game around how do I clear this to clear that for me to clear it in myself to then share this with you is a ripple effect of the expander. And I'm just using myself as an example, because there are a lot of incredibly talented healers that we are seeing right now who are also just bossing the game of business. And the beautiful thing about that is that now there are new earth architects who I've even interviewed on my podcast that are building these conscious new earth cities. Well, what a more beautiful person to be able to create those and fund them and back them than healers who have been able to overcome and master finances. And I do believe that money is an energy for us to master in this reality on this planet just period. So that's where, again, I just get really excited and really passionate about it because it's like, yeah, let's go. It's not about greed. It's about what can we build and what can we create? Have you noticed that no matter how hard you try to release attachments, heal traumas and change your life, you still feel as if you don't belong? There is a reason and a solution for this. Join award-winning actor, comedian, and best-selling author Kyle Cease and learn how to immerse yourself in a new way of being at From Lonely to Free, a weekend workshop May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Families have a lot going on. 
Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. So how do we then overcome these internal limits through reflection and inquiry? Yeah. So part of what I do is I lead very strong channeled meditations and I speak in coded light language. So we're going in and we're literally upgrading and updating, almost like defragmenting a computer of, okay, let's shift out grandma's imprint of living through the Great Depression and great grandma's imprint from homesteading to the Western United States. We have to go through and actually start pulling out these ancestral memories from our DNA. And so as we're pulling those out, again, this is what we're doing in the quantum field. This is where the shift from psychology and journaling and affirmation shifts into, okay, let's step into the quantum and go, my great grandma's name Mimi. So it's like, Mimi, what codes are you holding that you can see from your perspective now in the quantum field that you can help me reprogram and recreate? So there's ancestral lineage clearing. There's um, just mindset. A lot of it is mindset and a lot of it is mental programming from media and consumer programming and all sorts of stuff. So we have to change our actions, change our behaviors, change our thoughts. But ultimately, I do everything I can to make it as simple as possible, which is just plug in your headphones, put a blindfold on and lay back, have your quantum experience that's going to shift that. So yeah, I really do believe that it can be simple and it can be instantaneous. And also it can take quite a bit of time because we're also, you know, we're breaking down hundreds, if not thousands of years of programming to step into a new golden age, not to mention the inflation, the economy, the actual reality things that we are all facing collectively from the powers that be that are kind of pulling the rug out. But that's the thing. It's like, don't let the rug get pulled out, become financially agile, become energetically agile. Let this be an opportunity to train each of us in strength so that we can get better at what we are here to do rather than getting swept under the tidal wave. And that's where and why for me right now, it is like all hands on deck. I'm super dedicated, super passionate, connecting with the right marketing people. Like let's pull all the stops so that we can actually create an impact. Because I do believe we're in a bit of a breaking point on this planet right now. We got to make some big changes pretty quickly. How can people connect with you to work with you? Yeah, you can find me at monadsociety.com. I'll just leave it at that. But also one of the best and easiest ways is to find me on Instagram. As I mentioned, I'm already there. I'm in my DMs. So if you send me a message, you're talking to me. And that's sitara.speaks on Instagram. That's the easiest way. You can opt in on the website, get tuned into free transmissions and meditations that we send, or you can just simply say, hey, can I have the money love link and I'll send you a free transmission right there on the spot. (laughs) Okay. Well, I'll have to connect with you for that one then. (laughs) So can we talk about in-person grid work? What is it and what's the importance of it? Yes. Okay. So this year... 
spirit had me take a look at my own pride and my own ego and all the fun, cool quantum timeline jumping, shifting, all this stuff that I could do and teach. And they said, hey, you're going to teach book club. I was like, what? You want me teaching book club? This is crazy. They're like, no, we want you teaching book club. And here's why. One, when I started my coaching practice, I was able to launch and sell out my first $25,000 mastermind on my first try. That is like an unheard of type of thing. Well, I realized that part of the reason I was able to do that was because more than half the people that came into it were actually a part of my book club for six months prior or a few sessions prior. And I started my own book club in 2016 called the Metaphysical Book Club, kept it super simple, was charging $300 per person per eight week sessions. And what I learned was that that book club was my own incubator. I learned to speak more confidently in front of groups. I learned to facilitate groups. I learned to handle when people were crinkling wrappers in the middle of a meditation. You know, I learned all these little things that you don't think are a big deal. But when you get into bigger group facilitation and speaking on stage, you have to know how to navigate this stuff. And so the book club not only became the super, super solid foundation from which I could launch and sell out my first mastermind. And mind you, I was in a business coaching program, cost me $25,000. I was the youngest one in it by 10 to 15 years. And I just skyrocketed into a massive success within nine months. And I went, holy moly, what was that about? Well, coming down to the grid work, the in-person grid work is because of the power of what we were evoking in those book clubs. As I mentioned this year, Spirit in June was like, you're going to be teaching people how to run that same model. So the in-person, it can be a book club, it can be a creativity club, it can be a dance club, it could be a hiking club, it could be a dinner club, whatever you want it to be. But ultimately, there's a portion in the structure of those meetings that is giving you the opportunity to lead groups and is doing the grid work. So in Builds, which is the current entry-level program that we have for the business coaching, I've got people in Colombia. I've got people in Australia. I've got people in the UK. I've got Canadians. I've got people across the United States, which is exciting because it's still quite small. But the fact that for me, this message is getting out there and we're seeing people creating their small group programs in person in their communities, we are healing the need of community conversations. We're healing loneliness. We're healing the disconnection from human to humans, having face-to-face deep interactions because that has just been annihilated in our world. So there's so many different facets from human connection that we're healing. But then the grid work is also exactly that, is that as we've learned from Abraham Hicks, one person connected to source is more powerful than millions who are not. So we start leading these in-person, small, low barrier to entry, which then becomes a foundation for a coach growing their one-to-one coaching practice, which then lays the foundation for launching a group coaching practice, which is what we go into when we go into RISE, which is our full year certification and advanced level psychic development program. But the grid work is also the business structure of what we're teaching in build and why when I had this hilarious meeting with my own guides of like, you sure? You want me to teach 
book club? <laughs> I can do so many things. And they're like, no, 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 book club. And here's why. I was like, oh, okay, I get it. I get it. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Okay, so when you said book club, I was thinking like everybody is told what the book is. Everyone reads the book and then they get together and they talk about it. Sounds like it's a bit more involved than that, though, if you've got like, 100%. Oh, is that what it is? <laughs> Here's the thing about the ego and the pride around it. As creators and as healers, we want to be the next best thing or it's got to be so cool. And this is where I had to check myself this year. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah. It sounds so simple, but this is what happened for me. I was reading books by Dolores Cannon, which I started in my early 20s. And I'm like, oh, thank God people are seeing and having the same experiences that I was. But I was you know, going to college and around a bunch of college students that were not having the experiences I was having as a medium. And I couldn't really understand why at that time. So fast forward into me growing my business, I'm still reading these like way out there conscious development books. And I wanted people to talk to me about the books because I'm a verbal processor. So I was like, well, shoot, I'll host a book club. That sounds easy. Like no problem. So I create a Facebook event. I create a Facebook ad. I spent like $40 on the ad. No problem. The first round flops. We just moved the date back. It was such a casual and unassuming launch and idea, but we would read the books. The meetings were for two hours. Everyone would talk about the book. I might have some questions prepared, so we discuss it. And then what I would do is I would lead the meditations. And that's, like I said, that's where that became my incubator because I start leading these meditations. And before I had been doing work with clients one-to-one and doing psychic readings and Facebook lives and that sort of stuff. But it wasn't until I got into that book club that I was able to see what my true superpower was because I was never put in a position or in an environment where I was able to do so. So that's where with my clients, it's like, here's the business structure. I'm going to give you the exact black and white blueprint and then you fill it in. So whether it's dance or like I said, watercolor or a chakra series. And here's the cool thing about the book club. I do have an issue with the nonchalant certifications that I'm seeing in the world right now. (laughs) I really do like a 10 day breathwork facilitator training certifications. I'm like, no, no. like that's so not okay with me. But when it comes to budding coaches, we need to have some basis of experience. Well, when you're leading a book club, it's low barrier to entry, meaning, okay, it's $300, 150 a month for eight sessions. Okay, cool. A majority of people, even in this economy, can swing that and see the benefit in it. Okay, great. So that's where we're at. Low barrier to entry. We've got the books. The book is going to attract your tribe. The book is going to attract the people that you want to be working with because you're going to pick something that you're interested in. And then, like I said, the sessions in which you are leading as the budding coach, you did not have to create new content. You didn't have to reinvent the wheel. You didn't have to steal somebody else's stuff and try to make it your own. You're just reading a book. You're reading a book. The content's there. The conversation's there. But what you're learning to do is you're learning to lead. And in that leadership is when you start to see, okay, this is my natural talent. This is what my niche is. These are the people that I really want to serve. This is how this comes up. But you have to get into action. You were asking me earlier, how do we break down these money pattern things? Well, it's the same way you build confidence. It's through action, It's not through journaling. Yes, the quantum meditations help. Yes, the subconscious reprogram helps. Yes, the DNA activation helps. 
but it doesn't go anywhere if it's without action. So to build that confidence, you have to build the foundation. There's literally no other way around it. (laughs) You've got to start somewhere and get the ball rolling. That makes so much sense, the action. Absolutely. So you had mentioned your guides just nonchalantly how they gave you the idea to do the book club. Can we talk about your guides? Yeah. I haven't told this story in a long time. I got my degree at Sonoma State. I went to the Berkeley Psychic Institute, was trained in meditation. That's when I was like, oh, here's a bicycle. I know how to ride that I never knew I could ride. Amazing. And so what happened there was I ended up taking a healing class and our teachers, they go to a plane where there's basically a bunch of healers or guides that are like lined up, ready to work with people. And I don't think it always has (laughs) to be this way, to be totally honest. But they go and they find them and then they're like, okay, we found you your healing guide and this is the healing guide that you're going to work with. Total side note and spoiler alert, all of your guides are your higher self, is your inner being, is your future self. By the way, it is all one in the same. And that's what I've learned 14 years down the path of going, okay, interesting. But when I very first met this particular guy, because they still show up with personalities, they still show up as seeming to be separate from you. They still show up with different kind of archetypes and different things that encodings that they're activating in you. I met him. His name was Charles. I immediately had this vision of him leaning up against a car in the 1950s, holding a milkshake in his hand sort of thing. And it felt like such a clear reunion. It was like, oh, good buddy. There you are again. We're here together. And so that was my first real connection as far as mediumship and connecting with my guides. And Charles, he stayed with me for quite a while. And in that first little bit, I had three different guides that I worked with pretty consistently. Another one I think was named Annabelle. There was one other one, oh, a Viking named Eric. He was my protector. He would sit on top of my house when I was sleeping. And I really think some of these are soul encodings, past life buddies, maybe even myself in a past life. It's pretty fun. But then what I've also learned is that in the same way that we come in and out of relationships in our life, we grow in and out of dynamics with our healing guides. So at this point now, I really call on my future self As my guide, I also really call on Mother Mary. I have a very strong relationship with Mother Mary and the Divine Mother. I also have a very strong relationship with Hathor and Green Tara and Kuan Yin. I work with a lot of dragon guides, star families. At this point, like I said, 14 years being a professional medium and psychic, you start to get a network of five people. And that's just this lifetime, that's just right? This lifetime, exactly. <laughs> and then you start learning to traverse the other yeah. lifetimes and the other planets. And you're like, okay, here we go. It goes deeper. <laughs> it goes deeper. Yeah. Yes. What a wild ride. Yes, very <laughs> much sure. so. Well, Sitara, this has been just such a fascinating discussion. So before we wrap up, I do want to ask you if there was a message from the quantum that you can share with the listener for the time that they hear this episode. Yes. I'm actually really glad you asked because I was just going to ask if I could share a light prayer with everyone. That would be the prayer from the quantum. So just taking a couple deep breaths, finding that stillness within, 
And as we call in divine truth and love into the sacred space, we invoke the highest possible healing for each and every listener in the past, present, and future in myself. We ask for the courage and compassion to speak and to hear from the purest form of self-love and forgiveness to all involved. Ya o satria ionua o apu aku nuaya iaka o asetria ionua o apu aku akaya iaki sitria o apu nuku kuakai. So the prayer that's coming through has to do with worthiness. It's that we are collectively increasing our worthiness. Sometimes in this human world, we forget that we are angels, that we have experienced life in the angelic realm. And then when it comes to connecting with angels or even finding our own wings, we somehow get tricked into thinking that we are not even worthy to experience the angelic realm, which for a lot of us is one of our homes. So the prayer that's coming through is around clearing the belief of unworthiness and to truly remember where your soul has been, where your soul has incarnated, and the memories that reside within your heart. So this next prayer that's coming through is around opening the heart and evoking forgiveness. Okay, one more thing that's coming through is that there is a prayer for connection to divine sacred union. So just one, activating the memory of that, activating the soulmate connections that are within and setting a prayer and intention to clear the path so that those sacred union pairs can be reunited in a state of clear and deep knowing. Beautiful. And so as we go forth, may we integrate the healing and the lessons received with courage, self-love, and compassion. Our little mini prayer session here is complete. <laughs> oh, wow. That was incredible. So is that light language? Yes. Wow. So does that just come to you and the words just... But just come out. Channel through. That's yep. incredible. Yeah. I was activated in it in March of 2020, a month I'm sure we all remember well. Yeah. I was in Bali by myself wondering if I was going to be going home or if I was going to be staying there. A lot of stress. Next thing you know, I'm listening to a meditation on YouTube. And then the next video that popped up was activation in light language. And so I very curiously was like, okay, I'll listen to it. Next thing you know, 10 minutes later, full-blown 100% activation. Could not stop channeling for like three hours, knocked my socks off. And I just became a lot more clear with what's going on on this planet from not to get too far out there, but on an intergalactic plane. And so you can see now a little bit more about why when my guides were sharing with me about book club, I was like, really? Okay, here we go. Book club. 
what club it is. Let's do this. <laughs> I know it seems so like cozy and at your home, whereas like light language and intergalactic seems so way out there. So exactly. well, I love that. Exactly. Simplifying it. So when you say channel through, it's like from intergalactic beings? For me, it's from my heart. Your heart. Okay. A lot of people say, who are you channeling? I'm not channeling anything externally. And in fact, I think this is a really important point to touch on is that right now in this day and age with the new age world, and even me saying I have a very clear relationship with Hathor, I have a very clear relationship with Mother Mary. These are ascended master mentor guides that walked on earth who experience time on this planet that are here to help guide us through earth. And I am a natural trans medium, which means I can leave my body and welcome in beings that come in, in the way that Abraham does through Esther Hicks. Right now, there is a serious discernment problem in the healing communities around what we are letting into our space. So I really encourage divine sovereignty. I really encourage embodiment of your own higher self and absolute autonomy over your body. So I actually don't teach channeling of external connections. For me, it is your heart is the stargate. Your soul is connected to infinite life. And this is what I mean when I say all of the guardians that are around you are a mirror image and likeness of your own soul. And so that's what we remember when we're connecting with Mother Mary and when we're connecting with Kuan Yin. It's that that internal space within us is on that exact same plane. We just simply need to remember in our egoic consciousness, which is why when I'm channeling, it's coming from my heart connecting to the field of who's in that field and who will listen to this in the quantum field now, later, then. And then it basically reverberates back to me. And that's where I feel what's coming in in the space. It's really interesting that you say that because episodes that have just recently aired on my show, the guests have said something very similar of it's all within. We talk about guides being on the outside, but it's us or it's all within us. So it's interesting that this is really coming up now back when... As you had mentioned, this the post-pandemic, people were starting to explore and open up. And for me, I started meditating and that's when everything really took off. And it's very much been about getting the information from the outside and then sharing it that way. My guides over here, that sort of thing, even though I still feel my guide over here, it's interesting to start to think like, hmm, maybe that's going to start to morph because a lot of people are saying the same thing. So it's not like someone's just making this up, like people who don't know each other are saying the same thing about what we see and feel about the spirit world. So it's something to, I think, pay attention to and to see how that feels and resonates. Your embodiment in your healing is so much more powerful than you trying to heal someone else. An integrated whole human being walking into the room, you can feel it. And the reason you can feel it is because your energetic body starts paying attention and starts taking notes and going, oh, I can be integrated. I can be whole. I can be a beacon of light. I call it being a permissionary is that you're just giving yourself permission and those around you to be whole and to be integrated. When so much of our relationships has been based on trauma, bonding, complaining, and wounding. No more. No more of that. We're upgrading the field. We're upgrading the system and we're showing up in wholeness. And so 
you don't have to move anything in anybody's space. You don't have to go in and heal with Reiki. You don't have to go in and do any of these other things. It's like your presence in your embodiment is so much more powerful and so much more impactful than most of us even know. And so that is the premise of what we focus on in Build. Now, as a healer and doing one-to-one stuff with people, of course, there are certain things, like even for myself, I have a network of psychics around me. So I'm like, hey, something kind of weird is going on over here. I did an entity release yesterday and I'm still feeling something kind of funky. Can you check my back spot? Or like, why is that here? And so we still learn by cross-pollination and checking. It's not to do it all on your own, but it is to say when it comes to you doing your own empowerment and you doing your own healing, there is an exponential growth that happens through being around somebody who is integrated in their healing, which is the internal embodiment. Oh, yeah. Okay, got it. Yeah. We're wrapping it up, I promise. (laughs) But I did want to ask one more question about light language. (laughs) Would it benefit somebody if it feels good to explore what did you call like unlocking it for me it was a complete activation activation i wasn't even aware of what light language was when this happened like astrology they're in their lane tarot readers they're in their lane i'm a psychic i'm in my lane light language speakers they're in their lane (laughs) that's kind of how i saw it and then i ended up having this experience where it knocked my socks off I've had two other big awakenings, which one was accepting my psychic abilities and the other one was accepting my wings and recognizing that I am an embodied angel, that I have come from other places. And not only am I an embodied angel, I'm here to remind other embodied angels that they have come to this planet to help increase the frequency. That was a whole other mind experience awakening. Okay, then the third one was channeling light language. I'm like, what the heck is this? <laughs> this is a whole <laughs> other thing. It's something that I've grown into now. In March of this year, it'll be four years that I've been speaking it. But it's, as I understand it, it is that it is a soul language So my soul resonates very clearly with Hawaii. I always have when the first time I went to Maui, I felt like I knew the island and we could do four or five more episodes on my experiences in Maui. So when I started channeling light language and my codes sound very Hawaiian, some people are like, is that like Hawaiian gibberish or whatever? But to me, it's because it's from that particular lineage that is also very connected to Hathor. So when I started channeling light language, I started getting more clearly connected to Hathor, her teachings, her lineage, the golden age that she led Egypt through, and how Mother Mary is connected and how Mary Magdalene and the Holy Family. And then you go into Jesus and his teachings through the Essene. It can all be very, very connected. Light language to me is the same as speaking in tongues. It's splitting hairs if you're trying to say that there are anything else in my personal opinion, but it's really around the church's limitations of going, well, what is it? Well, it is a language of God, but it is a language of God because it is a language of your own soul. So when I speak it, my soul is saying, hey, Laura, remember this ancient language that your soul knows before the expanse of written time? (laughs) If you look at Sanskrit, it looks just like light language. The Fifth Element is one of my absolute favorite movies. And after I started channeling light language, I kept having this feeling like, go back and watch The Fifth Element. I'm like, oh, that's a great intuitive ping. Sure. Sounds good. Yeah, (laughs) easy. Watch it. And I realized that Lilu is speaking light language. 
She's speaking the original language of source as spoken through human body before she is able to speak English. And so it's like we have these clues all over the place. But ultimately, I believe every single human being is capable of speaking light language because I believe every single human being is a soul and every single soul has memories that go far beyond this here and now time that we are in. And so that's also why I think that through the pandemic and through the last couple of years, you're seeing light language everywhere, really, if you're ready for it. Yeah, that's so fascinating. Well, thank you so much, Satara, for all of the information that you've shared. Really appreciate you and your time and the prayer. All of it was just wonderful. So thank you so much. You're very, very welcome. And I do just want to say in the links that you mentioned that you'll post it, there is an application form to also hop on a call with me if anyone's interested to check out Build. Perfect. Wonderful. Thank you. And that was another episode of a Guided Life podcast. To connect with me via my socials or for links to my book titled Guided or my card deck called From Your Spirit Guides, please visit my Linktree site at l-i-n-k-t-r dot e-e forward slash guided west. Thanks so much for tuning in and until next time, love and light always. What is it you really want in life? No matter what you've been through, you can still achieve it. I'm Sandra Ann Taylor, and in my Energy Activation Podcast, we'll explore the science of manifestation, and I'll give you specific techniques to shift your energy in order to make your dreams a reality. I also do live energy readings, and you can be a part of the show by emailing your questions to me at sandrataylor.net. Join me on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network or wherever you get your podcasts.